Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, go. All right. Well, welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast. Matt will be with us in a minute, but as is uh, the fun in a lot of areas of the country in spring and early summer, he is getting pounded by hail. Uh, So we are uh, just going to get this kick started. We have so much to talk about. But before we dive in, Dennis, have you survived? Uh, Are your eyes tired from Twitter the last few days? No, I've, I've been enjoying the excitement. My eyes are tired because I uh, had to get up and go to work early this morning. And uh, I was up late yesterday because I was, uh, you know, theoretically, when the off season hits, you know, we're supposed to spend more time with the family. And, well, you know, we do dynasty and all year round. And so that's, you know, we don't have that off season schedule. So I was uh, doing a whole bunch of stuff, and I couldn't actually get to work until about 10 o'clock last night. So actually, the excitement's what's been keeping me awake, all these posts, all this. Uh... I know. I was afraid to put my phone down, and, you know, I closed Twitter for this. I'm sure there will be some kind of earth-shaking uh, signing in that time. but I'll let you been... know because I did it has been a long uh, stretch at work here uh, for me. This is, uh, I think, day day nine in a row, and I still have a meeting to go to tonight. But at least you got the like NFL 77 is- more days in a row, right? No, I start vacation on Saturday, and it cannot come soon enough. But we will dive right in because of all the news, and perhaps the biggest news uh, was Tom Brady spent a couple of quality months with his wife and kids and decided that uh, that was enough and has unretired. Um, for the time being, it looks like he's certainly back with Tampa Bay. It'll be interesting to see if the rest of Mike Florio's projection of him uh, unretiring and then getting traded to San Francisco comes true. But what does it mean for Tampa Bay that he unretired? They also re-signed Ryan Jensen, uh, the center, for three years, $39 million. They re-signed Jamal Dean, one of their uh, defensive backs, and, of course, Chris Godwin, the franchise tag. A lot of people think Brady strategically timed unretiring uh, on Sunday night so that all those free agents out there would know the Bucks are back in business. Yeah, it's uh... – I don't know. I, I saw somebody say something about he was the Antichrist. That's why it was 40 days long. Something like that, his retirement. So <laughs> that that's that's Lent. Yeah, right. So he uh no, I now I I was in the camp of I did not believe he was coming back. I felt like he was gonna be satisfied satisfied building in media and and um supplement uh, business empire, but clearly I was wrong. So he would, he felt like he could, I mean, there was nothing in his play to suggest he could not still play at a high level. So I get that, but sometimes I took it for what it was worth that he was retiring, but I also hedged my bets and did not cut him from any of my dynasty teams yet. So I, I think he's going to go on and have a good year. I, I don't know if Fournette's coming back. I feel like um, he'd like to. And I 
I'm certainly of the belief that Rojo is not back. So obviously Gronk will probably be back. It doesn't look like they're going to try to hold on to OJ Howard and bring him back. So, you know, Gronk, uh, Bray, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn and uh, uh, Lenny, maybe they bring in a a third down back, uh, more traditional third down back. Uh, It was exciting. It was really exciting for to for him to announce it, uh, you know, his F you to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you know, and I think Tampa Bay, of course, goes back to being an instant contender, especially in a division that's a little bit in flux. It seems like Deshaun Watson has narrowed down his choices to the Panthers or Saints, so that would probably change the fortunes of one of those teams. But we had thought before Brady unretired that maybe Atlanta needed to hold on to its pieces and try to make a run because it looked like they were the only team that had a quarterback in the division. So it's probably huge. I agree with you. They've got to do something in the backfield. I doubt both Gronk and Ronald Jones are back, but I would guess – or uh, both Fournette and Ronald Jones are back, but I would guess one of them is or they go get some kind of a running back. I doubt they're going to just run the whole season with Vaughn, but I am at the same time as somebody that was curious to see Keyshawn Vaughn. do hope he gets a little bit of a shot there. The only people I feel really bad for is the guy that paid $518,000 for Brady's last touchdown ball. Um, congratulations. That sucks. And oh, you, suck, you held on to Brady. I held on to Brady. I saw some people set him adrift in leagues. I am sure they have regret. Well, I saw, you know, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, our dynasty nerd social media guy, Luke Sawhook. Uh, he was raving about trading uh, Brady for Will Fuller a little while ago. Uh, he, well, but yesterday taking his L. I know. Who knows? I forgot Will Fuller is even still in the NFL. Uh, Well, we're going to move along. I'm going to skip ahead because we want uh, our friend Matt to be back for this second piece. So we will jump down to the Cardinals. Uh, They lost Chase Edmonds, but we will get to that when we get to our Dolphins block. They re-signed Zach Ertz, who they traded for midseason, three years, $31.65 million. And they re-upped with James Conner, who looked really good in that system last year. Three years, $21 million. What do you make of the signings for fantasy and for the Cardinals? I love the Ertz signing. I you know, I think he carved out a nice role there. Uh, I think the days of him catching you know, 90 passes for 1,000 yards and 8 or 10 touchdowns are in the rearview mirror. But he's still going to be a, a highly productive fantasy tight end. So... He'll be back half of the tight end ones, I think. Um, And then as far as Connor, my only concern with Connor is the way that he plays. He's susceptible to injury. And I, so they're going to have to go out and get somebody to make sure they have a capable backup. Hi, Zara. And uh, if they don't have it, you know, because I don't know, I don't think Jonathan Ward is the answer there. I don't know that Eno Benjamin is the answer there as the RB two. Uh, you're while Connor can play all three downs. The way he plays is he plays hard and tough, and he takes a beating. And uh, you have to have a capable backup. I like both moves. I think that losing Kirk um and aj green being a a free agent still i think their wide receiver depth has to be addressed well i would argue that they lost aj green somewhere around november um based on the way he was playing maybe we'll actually get to see them use rondale more after uh drafting him you know perish the thought i liked bringing Ertz back too because he seemed to develop a chemistry with Kyler Murray and seemed to be one of the most reliable security blankets and a guy that Murray looked for when he was in trouble. I'm happy they brought back Connor too. I agree with you. They're going to have to do something. I'm not so sure it isn't. They, they draft and or wait and see what's left on the secondary market. But Matt has recovered from Hale Mageddon 2022. We shall rebuild. I, I apologize if you guys heard me yelling. My dog is like terrified of, of storms and my son was worried he was going to eat his donuts. So I had to tell him to calm down. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for, for Zach Ertz to be back there too, obviously. He really looked like he played um, – he almost – I don't want to say revived his career because I, I don't – not all of us thought that it was a bad move for him, but he definitely looked better than we saw him at the end of his uh, Philly career. 
I would be excited about Rondell Moore, but I'm pretty sure last I checked, um, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's still the coach, and I don't know that he knows how to use him the right way. So I, I, I feel like it's great news for Rondell Moore with what's going on with, with Kirk leaving, but I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, it does suck, if I'm being honest, that they drafted or they brought back James Conner because I felt like Arizona was really like one of those prime spots for one of those top three running backs. And the other one that I thought was a prime spot just signed the guy from Arizona. So I feel like the the spots we were hoping, you so know, like the Brees Hall, yeah, the Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and um, Isaiah Spiller spots, those kind of like are, are kind of getting taken away now with free agency. So Zara mentions Jerry and Ely. I mean, that would be a, a interesting spot. I, I don't know if they'd go Ely as the receiving back or, you know, do they take a shot on like, Rashad White, who can do both. I don't. I, I don't know. I'm very intrigued to see what they do, but uh, you know, it's probably a good move because how good Connor was for them. I guess at the end of the day. Yep. So uh, we we did Tom Brady. We did the Cardinals. We saved the most important uh, for your return, and that is yeah. Matt, Matt Nice Man Crush uh, Amari Cooper uh, leaving the confines of Dallas for the Cleveland Browns. Cooper and the Cowboys' sixth-round pick were traded to Cleveland for Cleveland's fifth and sixth-round pick. So we'll start with the Browns. What is uh, what does that do for you, Matt? Jarvis Landry was released today, and Joku's been well, tagged. Wait, what? They got Amari. Did they really release Jarvis? They released Jarvis Landry. I did they not did know indeed. that. I saw that they were giving him the chance to make – I've been completely focused on one thing today, so I have not seen any of them. Like, I just saw – uh, CJ Uzama went to the Jets, but I have not seen anything outside of that. So, well, that sucks. Thanks, Jar. I thank you, Jarvis, because I really do feel like he changed the culture in the Cleveland Browns locker room when he came over. Uh, I honestly, that was a, one of the things that really upset me about this trade is that they seem to like so quickly be willing to part with Jarvis because I still think he is a good wide receiver. I'm wishing him the best. Um, you know, for Cleveland, I don't know. I'm torn on it. Like, you guys know I'm not the biggest Amari Cooper fan. I feel like he's overrated. I, I feel like he's an – when I look at it from like a fantasy side of things, I don't think he's an alpha there, but I do think he's an alpha for NFL purposes. Like he's a, one of the best 30 wide, 32 wide receivers in the league, I think. I, I think that's a fair thing to say. I don't know that I put 32 wide receivers ahead of him. The one thing I will say, I feel like it's a double-edged sword with Amari Cooper. Like I think he might work better for Baker – because he is such a good route runner where it was like Odell really seemed to be like a deep threat for him most of the time. And I don't know that Baker wants to hold the ball that long. The other issue I have is being down here in Dallas, all the talk is and has always been, if you don't feed Amari Cooper early, he checks out. Well, I don't think they're going to feed him the ball early. So then if he checks out, is he any better than Odell Beckham Jr. has been for the Browns? And I do think this is a make it or break year for Baker. Like if, Baker doesn't prove something this year. He's at least not getting a contract from the Browns. And I don't know, maybe he doesn't want to be there. It seems like that's been a tumultuous relationship after everything that happened at the end of last season. But I do think it was a good move to bring him in. The fact that they let, especially for that price tag, like if it was going to be a third round pick, you're going to see a much angrier Matt. Fifth round pick, I can deal with that. That's nothing. Most, as as Mike, uh, one of the guys at our site pointed out, there's a lot of fifth round guys that don't even stay on rosters. So the fact that they only gave up a fifth really for him is, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Jarvis leaving, though, I think now just puts the wide receiver room back in the same position it was before they brought Cooper in. Like, are they going to draft a wide receiver now at 13? Because if they don't, I know a lot of people are hyping up DPJ. I'm sorry. He's not a wide receiver, too, for a team. He's just not. And so what are they going to do? Continue relying on the 30 tight ends they have on their roster? Like, I I don't know that bringing in Amari and then letting Jarvis go helps this team at all. Like, they're going to have to draft a good wide receiver, and it can't be someone they take in the third or fourth round like they've done in the previous drafts. They're going to have to go get, in my opinion, a Garrett Wilson, a Drake London, or a Traylon Burks at 13 to help Cooper and to help Baker because – I do think while it's not as bad as the Giants have and, and how they failed Daniel Jones, I do think in a way the Browns have failed Baker Mayfield the first couple of years of his career. Well, they, they failed him due to organizational ineptness, you know, Hugh Jackson being the coach and, and that, that failed Baker. But I don't think that the overall strategy for the Browns offense isn't going to change from what it was last year. And the what we as Browns fans have to accept is they can really only support one wide receiver. 
And I think Amari does most of what Jarvis does, and then he does other things really well also. So I think Amari being a much having a much broader skill set is going to be more beneficial. He's probably going to have 145, 150 targets this year. Um, they're going to bring somebody else in, but it's going to be, you know, I don't want to say Josh Reynolds because it's probably going to be somebody a little better than that, but it isn't going to be so, somebody at the level of, of Jarvis. Let, let me ask you this, so Dennis, because I did see the one rumor because someone tagged me in it. They're apparently one of the teams in on Allen Robinson. If they brought in A-Rob and a Cooper, I would feel a lot better than I do right now. If they brought in a Josh Reynolds, not so much. Right. I think it's going to be somewhere between that because I don't think you can I don't think that offense can support uh, Amari Cooper and Allen Robinson. Well, it can support Josh Reynolds and Amari Cooper. I think there needs to be you need more out of that second. Do you even need to target Josh Reynolds? I mean, I mean, he he signed his contract first. I mean, he got re-upped quicker than just about anybody. So clearly, there's value to him. no, but they need – so they're, they're a run-heavy team that employs a lot of 12 personnel. So that you know, we have to accept that that's who they are. I, I think the bigger issue for Baker is that they have been open about their desire for Deshaun Watson. I feel like we're going to be in for a season of Pouty Baker, and Pouty Baker is not a winner. He, I don't know that he has the ability – if if the if they don't get Deshaun Watson and ship Baker out somewhere, I don't know if Baker has the mental fortitude to just shake it off and say, "I'm your guy. I'm going to show you why you were wrong." Um, I'd like for him to be able to do that, but I don't. I just don't know if he can. They do need a second wide receiver, but I I think you know Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks. To me, I, I think that's that's just. I don't want to say that it's a recipe for disaster because they're quality receivers. I just don't think there's enough volume to support 250 target wide receivers. Yeah. And I think, I still think I I'm with Matt. They probably go and get somebody in the first round because I, I part of me feels like the Jarvis Landry was a little bit a salary cap move because they are a team that had some, some cap issues, which is what makes me a little speculative of getting Allen Robinson. Maybe that's a piece they're trying to get to stay in the Deshaun Watson hunt. It seems like Watson's really narrowed down to the Panthers and the saints at this point in time. So, you know, Baker is, playing for a contract because if I recall he's playing on his fifth year option so he needs to to show out and him being pouty and going into the bag isn't going to do anything for his future might as well might as well play better that's kind of the brown side probably still an incomplete picture it's also a little incomplete picture on the Dallas side we we start getting inklings that they wanted to move on from Cooper uh, and it made a lot more sense when they talked about being close to getting Michael Gallup. Gallup uh, going to resign five years, sixty-two point five million. A pretty sizable investment in Michael Gallup. Uh, seemed to be deciding that Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, who got the franchise tag, and Ceedee Lamb is the receiving core they want to move forward with. They did lose Cedric Wilson, but Dennis, what do you think of the revamped Dallas passing core? You're muted. It's a little bit shallow, and and maybe it's just because we're so used to Dak chucking the ball around. Losing Cedric Wilson on top of Amari Cooper, I don't think Noah Brown is the answer there. I could see if Traylon Burks is there when Dallas picks, I could see Jerry Jones and his Arkansas love saying we're going to take Traylon Burks also. Um, that's kind of where, where I feel at. Um, we just had a draft, a mock NFL mock draft release, and Raju Byfield, he had uh, Burks fall to Dallas, which I thought was kind of funny because it was like, because like last year or two years ago when you know they had no intention of taking C.D. Lamb, but he was there, and, and Jerry's like, I, I had to. Um, they need another receiver in Dallas. I don't know if it's coming through free agency or if it's coming through the draft, but they do need 
I'm I'm good with Gallup as the two, with uh, Lamb as the one, but they they need a one or they need a third receiver, somebody that can step up. Uh, Noah Brown is like the perfect fourth receiver because he's a good blocker. Uh, he's a good special teams player, but you need more than that. Yeah, I mean, I'll say first off, I'm excited for Gallup. I mean, I think all three of us are big fans of his. We've talked for years about how much fun it would be to see him get to be a two on a team or get to be able to go be that guy. And now he gets that chance opposite of CeeDee Lamb with the team that he's been with. You know, obviously, hopefully he comes back healthy. I think it's a good thing for him. I think him and when he's been healthy on the field, I feel like him and Dak have had a pretty good connection. And now he's there and it's just going to be him and Lamb. I mean, I know they they re-tagged or they tagged Dalton Schultz, so he'll be back about a big season last year. But I think overall it's it's a good thing for Gallup. Um, I think they lost Cedric Wilson today too, didn't they? He he went somewhere Miami. else. So yeah, I mean yeah. That that is that is the talk. I know um Ray Garvin has been talking a lot about that as well, that if uh, if Traylon Burks falls because of Jerry Jones being the Arkansas uh, alum and, and being in love with that school, there's no way he lets Traylon Burks fall past the Cowboys. So we'll see if they draft a wide receiver. But I think it, as long as Gallup and, and Lamb are able to stay healthy, they still have one of the better duos in, in the NFL. Yeah, and, you know, I like – uh, Lamb, I hope he gets more targets. I'm also excited for Gallup. Hopefully he gets to stay on the field uh, a little bit more. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll get involved. I thought they developed a real good rapport with Dalton Schultz, which may actually answer the question of whether they need a, you know, another marquee wide receiver. I think that's part of why they tagged Schultz. They liked what their offense looked like um, with some of those guys, but we shall see. Uh, before we end this top part of the news block, we're going to rotate to a little bit of quarterback hot stove. Two more quarterbacks uh, had their fates kind of confirmed or decided. First of those is our man, Kirk Cousins, who uh, somehow continuously gets these giant extensions signs another $35 million extension, which ties him to Minnesota, not just for this season, but at least through next season, looking at how uh, cap, uh, how much of a cap hit it would be to uh, get him released. Matt, you are a giant Kirk Cousins fan. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, I think it makes some sense. I mean, they have a connection, right? Him and, um, is it, is O'Connell, right? I, it's it's one year. It's a one year extension. I don't think this means Cousins is is you know bound to stay in Minnesota for the rest of his career. I'm sure Minnesota fans don't necessarily love this. Is it, it seems like they've really soured on Kirk. But if you realistically look at what the guy's done every single year, like he puts up good stats. What do you have? Thirty three touchdowns and only seven interceptions last year. Now he probably I think I don't look, but I'm sure he had a lot of fumbles. He does seem to fumble the ball, but. Like, overall, Cousins puts up stats. He plays well. I just don't think he's a guy who's going to get, you know, you over the top, unfortunately. So uh, I think it's a good thing for for them, though, keeps the offense intact. And, and a team that, you know, was was decent. They almost made the playoffs last year, did they not? Or am, I, am I misremembering that? Like, they weren't that far yeah, out. Yeah, they, so. they were very close, actually closer than any of us uh, wished. You know. So Kirk suffers kind of from what Matt Stafford suffered from. You're, you're not winning the big one until you win the big one. And so Kirk just hasn't kind of gotten over that hump. It, it's, it's a team game, but the quarterback gets the blame. Kirk is an above average quarterback. The quarterback market is crazy. So he gets another $35 million, million to extend his deal. Uh, now he's got three good wide receivers, two good running backs. Hopefully he's got Irv Smith back. Um, we'll see what, what O'Connell can do. Um, and we'll, we'll get to see, does, you know, does Thielen come back from that last injury and kind of take his role back? Or does KJ Osborne start to usurp more, uh, of those targets? But I, I like cousins. I mean, for fantasy, I, I think he's, you know, if I'm in a super flex league, I love having Kirk Cousins as my second quarterback because that I, that means my second quarterback is, you know, typically around like that QB 12. And you want to have, you know, it, you, your goal is to have two top 12 quarterbacks. 
probably for, for preferably one in the top five and then the other one still in the top 12 and, and Kirk often uh, will deliver that for you. Yeah. And I think for me, Minnesota is probably making a, a good decision based on if you really think that it was maybe you needed a coaching change to make get the most out of that roster, you want to see what they're going to be able to do. And looking around the quarterback landscape, they may not be in love with anyone. All they had was Kellen Mond behind him. And if you move on from Cousins, are you trapped in a situation like the Colts currently are, where they have Sam Ellinger and they're seeing all their potential options after shipping off Wentz kind of drying up. They made an inquiry for Watson and the Texans were like, we're in the same division, kiss off. So, you know, locking up Kirk Cousins, who's a competent quarterback with the rest of the core they have sort of makes sense. The other big quarterback signing today is uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers signing Mitch Trubisky. It's a two-year deal. They haven't announced terms, but it certainly seems like most people feel he's at least going to be the bridge starter. How does that strike you, Dennis? Well, the the talk is he's there. He's going to compete with Mason Rudolph, which means – He's going to come in and have to learn an offense and not get enough snaps to learn it adequately. So, therefore, Mason Rudolph will end up playing to start the year, and it's going to be a shit show. But maybe I'm projecting. I think Trubisky deserved to, you know, he earned another shot. Is he a QB1 for fantasy? I don't think so. But I definitely think he's a he's one of probably one of the 20 best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Uh, at least he should get a chance to prove that. Maybe twenty-four best. Um, I, I like I I like what Trubisky brings to the table. It all comes down to can he overcome some of the decision-making issues he had in Chicago and some of the accuracy stuff that I think was part of the decision-making. He's mobile. He can get you those extra yards when need be. He's got good size, um, and he he does have a good arm. You know, I'd like, I want, I mean, you could do worse than Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, uh, Chase Claypool as your primary targets, that's for sure. Uh, And signing him is going to allow them to pursue uh, offensive linemen, which they desperately need via draft and other free agency options. Yeah, I think it's an interesting signing. We talked a lot about that on Friday, right? Like where where is the best place for him to go? And none of us brought up Pittsburgh. I think we all talked about like Indy and New Orleans because of, of just kind of the offenses. You know, the one thing I'll continue to say is as a Browns fan, I'll, I always say I continued. I hate to say it, but the Steelers are one of the best run organizations in all of football. And Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches. He's giving Matt Canada another chance after we all thought he was going to get fired after after last year with the way that offense ran. And, and just looking at some of the quarterbacks that he's coached, because most of his stuff has been in college, he's dealt with some running quarterbacks. So I'm very intrigued to see what Mitch Trubisky does here. Like, I know a lot of people are saying he's a bridge quarterback. I'm... I don't know that I want to necess- I want to see what he does this year before I say he's a bridge quarterback because after that rookie season, we all thought Mitch Trubisky was on the come of breaking out. And then I, I, a lot of us think it's Matt Nagy that caused him to have that downfall. I wouldn't be surprised with those weapons. I mean, again, the offensive line is not great, but as Dennis just mentioned, if they're able to get like a guy or two in this draft and help or maybe get a, a lineman in the in free agency and then a guy in the draft and kind of rebuild this a little bit, I mean, Deontay Johnson, Claypool, you know they're going to draft some wide receiver in the third or fourth round that's going to end up being magnificent because they always do. And then you get Najee Harris and you've got Pat Fryermuth. Like, this is the best group of talent Mr. Bisky's had around him in his career. I, as a Browns fan, upset because I was really looking forward to the Mason Rudolph experience this year for the Steelers. I think Mr. Trubisky could be a sneaky good quarterback for them. Yeah, and I think if they really thought Mitch or Mason Rudolph had a chance to be the guy, we would have seen some more signs before now. Um, I, you know, they probably are saying they brought Mitch in to compete, but I wouldn't be surprised if pretty early in the training camp there's some kind of a decision. You know, Mike Tomlin's not a guy to string it out throughout all of preseason and leave this guy's hanging and leave himself unprepared. Uh, I'm curious to see what Mitch can do. I'm one of those people that thought, especially after what we saw in Chicago last year with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton, that we need to see Mitch Trubisky get a shot somewhere else in another system. And I hope, uh, you know, I hope he makes the most of it. 
But NFL free agency, not the only big thing happening this mid-March. Dennis, for those that are following college basketball, what offer does DraftKings have for them? Oh, it's Christmas time for college basketball fans. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for your shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool or answer questions like who will make it to the next round or who will hit the most three-pointers, then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and older. Restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. In Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. That's 1-800-552-4700. Colorado, New Hampshire, 800 888, excuse me, 789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon, call or text the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 or older, 18 or 18 and older in New Hampshire and Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See http colon slash slash draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. You know, we made a joke about how many more helplines they could add. I'm never going to do it again because... <laughs> my goodness Thanks. just Thanks, wait man. just wait till there's one for every single state yeah. when all the states allow betting that's I, I feel like that pretty much was one for every state yeah. but in a free agency there were two teams that were spending money like drunken sailors today and fittingly both were in the state of Florida we are going to turn on the first. Water. <laughs> yeah we're going to turn first to the Miami Dolphins they're four big kind of uh marquee signings Emmanuel Ogba Four years, $65 million. Cedric Wilson, formerly of the Cowboys, wide receiver, to a three-year $22.8 million deal. Chase Edmonds from Arizona, the running back, to a two-year $12.6 million deal. And Teddy, the man, the myth, the Bridgewater, to a one-year deal, a one-year deal they said to be a backup. That one gave me the most pause. But, Matt, what of those four or what two stand out to you? I mean, none of them do because none of them make sense. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater makes sense. Back up, back up to it. I think, you know, Cedric Wilson, what was that deal again? 22 million. I guess that's not that bad. Like he showed flashes last year with Dallas. So it's about 7.3 million a year. It's not bad. I guess that's fair for a wide receiver of his talent, but you know, I hope they're going to grab somebody else in the draft because outside of Jalen Waddle, they don't have anything. And I don't think that Cedric Wilson is really striking the fear into any defenses. No offense to, I don't even know if Preston Williams is still on the roster, but Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, because they've done nothing. You know, uh, Chase Edmonds makes no sense to me whatsoever because I feel like he is Miles Gaskin from the West Coast. Like, I, I don't 
understand that one bit. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming is Miles Gaskin still on the roster? Or is he a free agent? He is, That's yeah, what they brought. Uh, he's still on the is roster. Salvan Ahmed still on the roster? He is. They tendered yeah. him. Okay, so I've got no idea what the hell my. I guess it's because it's Mike McDaniel and he's coming from the Kyle Shanahan. We're going to run six running backs a game theory. And so they're probably going to draft one of those guys in the draft as well. And people are going to think it's a great landing spot. I I don't know. I, I, I feel like they're going all in on this is Tua, much like Baker. This is Tua's make or break year, or he's got a year and a half because I think he's got one more year if they pick up the fifth year option. But. Just, uh, I don't know. Miami is very confusing to me. You know, I don't know if Wilson is more than a wide receiver three. And if he is not, then I think this is an overpay. Um, but if he can step up and become the wide receiver two and kind of push Devontae Parker off off to the side, then maybe it's worth it. Um I feel like it's a, it's the Jalen Waddle Mike Gesicki show uh, for the most part, but uh, you know I guess you got to have depth, and if you got the money to spend, I suppose you know go get you some. Chase Edmonds, I, I agree. I you know this looked like it was going to be a prime landing place for a uh, uh, one of the young running backs, but now with they got have Duke under or there's trying to get Duke Johnson re-signed. They have Gaskin. Looks like Lindsey and Malcolm Brown are both free agents, but they do have Ahmed, Patrick Laird, Jared Dokes still on, on the team along with Edmonds. I mean, did they – given Edmonds six mil a year, did they sign him to be the starter? I don't know. Yeah, so the, the couple things uh, for me about this, it feels like the Wilson deal maybe – is whatever they were trying to do with Will Fuller on that bridge deal where Fuller was never available? Or are they just looking for another guy to pull defenses? Uh, the, the Chase Edmonds, I wouldn't, to me, that doesn't necessarily rule them out taking a running back. But if, you know, their, their new coach comes from the Mike slash Kyle Sh- Shanahan tree, they were, uh, once that signing or once that hire was made of Mike McDaniel, I never thought that they were going to use a top three pick on a, on a running back. Cause that wasn't, you know, that the way those kind of systems rolled. So maybe they fill something in, maybe they like Chase Edmonds. I think with the play we saw from Miles Gaskin last year and this signing, this might be the kind of fantasy death knell for his for any hopes of his value. He was near unplayable at the end of last season. I don't think that gets any better here. I mean, it's tough to buy into Wilson in the Will Fuller role. I mean, he's not he's he's very pedestrian when it comes to speed. So it's it's like he's he's the opposite of Will Fuller. He's a a bigger reset uh, possession type receiver, not great speed, which is which is just the opposite of Fuller. Well, maybe they'll you know watch them draft a wide receiver and a running back in the draft just to make things more inside. I just looked up so looking at player profiler, you know who Cedric Wilson? Guess who Cedric Wilson's most comparable is? Devontae Parker. No, Josh Reynolds. Oh, All right. Well, if you uh, if you enjoyed what the Dolphins did, uh, I think you're going to love what the uh, Jaguars did. I'm going to focus on the three uh, mostly offensive related uh, signings that they added. The biggest one, Christian Kirk, who goes from Arizona to Jacksonville, four year, eighty four million dollars. That has him as the eleventh highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Congratulations. Evan Ingram goes from the New York Giants to dropping passes in South Florida for one year, can be up to $10 million. And probably the best of their signings, guard Brandon Sheriff goes from Washington, which hurts Washington and should help Trevor Lawrence. And he is going to sign with the Jaguars. So Dennis, what do you make of these signings? DJ Chark, still a free agent. Um, Do you think that they bring him back or is Christian Kirk the answer to the receiver question? Well, I, I think they have the money to bring Chark back, and I think Chark would certainly fit there with Kirk and with uh, LaVisca. You know, Kirk and Wilson kind of the same thing from both of their their signings, and Jeff Manns was talking about it earlier today um, on SiriusXM. What he said is basically they're paying these guys 
to do things they've never done in their past, which is a mistake. And so I feel like they're paying Kirk to be a wide receiver, one, two, a one B wide receiver, uh, uh, maybe even the one A wide receiver at that, that price. And he's never done it before. And, and it's hard to say that you can be comfortable with that. Ingram, you know, Ingram is a serviceable tight end. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. He'll drop, he's going to drop some passes. Uh, you know, we can get into the analytics debate about drops don't matter. They all, you know, only, I'll be honest, for the, by and large, drops don't matter. Some drops matter more than others, but by and large, they don't matter. You know, it depends on there's whether or not they matter is purely situational. So I think having an athletic tight end to pair with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and, and uh, Christian Kirk, uh, you know, he'll be able to, to split the seam. He's got good speed. I, I don't, I'm not expecting him to be, you know, tight end four this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited for Kirk. I, I don't know that I'd have paid him that much money. And I feel like if you're more Devontae. For him if I was his friend, then he could spend some of that money with me. Yeah, I mean, like, I think if you're Devontae Adams, too, looking at all these, like, low-end wide receivers getting paid this money, I understand why he doesn't want to play on the franchise tag now all of a sudden. But uh, with, with Kirk there, I mean, no offense to Kyler Murray, but I think Trevor Lawrence has a better arm. And, and I'm very intrigued to see what happens here with them, and especially if he's the one. I mean, I know they've got LaVisca Chenault. Seems like DJ Chark's probably not coming back. Don't think Chenault's really going to challenge they Kirk. They still and have Kirk's Marvin Jones, be. too. Yeah, I mean, I'm Kirk, I think, is – I'm, I'm just – I'm just saying I think Kirk's probably going to be their one. So I'm curious to see what that looks like because we've seen Arizona's passing offense really since Kirk's been there has been centered around one wide receiver. It was Larry Fitzgerald, and then it kind of went to DeAndre Hopkins when Hopkins came over. Like They've never really spread the ball out a lot, in my opinion. So I'm very curious to see what he looks like there. The Evan Ingram one makes no sense to me. You gave up a top cornerback last year to get Dan Arnold. And now you're bringing in another tight end. And it's not like they brought in like a really good pass blocking tight end where it's like, oh, hey, well, we're still going to use Dan Ordle on the offensive side of things. And Evan Ingram's going to be kind of like our blocker. Now, they both kind of do the same thing. So that made no sense to me whatsoever. I feel like it's just the Jaguars looking at the market and be like, oh, hey, we've got a lot of money to spend. Let's just grab guys who people think are good and let's see what happens. Well, in, in Arnold's defense, though, no rational coach would have traded a top end cornerback for him. I mean, that, that was, that was urban Meyer. I mean, urban was like, this dude's pissing me off in practice. He won't take my bullshit. You're out of here. That's what that trade felt like. But at the same time, Dan Arnold, when he came in and started playing, developed a rapport and was one of the most uh, explosive and reliable weapons for the Jaguars before he got hurt. So I'm with Matt. That's the part of this that didn't make sense to me. I'm kind of excited to see what Christian Kirk can do because I feel like we saw flashes of it. And, you know, early in his career, Larry Fitzgerald was kind of slot blocking him. And now, you know, last year, that offense was all over the board to me, even when Kirk was by far the only good receiver they had out there because you had A.J. Green's corpse and everybody else was injured. They still weren't getting him the ball consistently. Maybe maybe this helps. I, I feel like the Jaguars aren't done. They either are going to draft another receiver or maybe go make another splash. There were some people talking about they're, they're trying to get Allen Robinson back. I don't know how I feel about poor Allen Robinson. The career trajectory just uh, bouncing I mean, around. Trevor Lawrence will be the best quarterback he's ever played. Well, That's right. You got to give him that at least. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll find out in a few years. I mean, I think Justin Fields, Fields is better. Yeah, that's what I, was, I, I feel like Robinson about. was kind of checked out at that point. So I can't, you know, him now going to Trevor Lawrence is, is the best he's had. Well, as our time yeah. here is uh, – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, look – Jackson, what Jacksonville is doing is they're just trying to get as many talented players as they can and then let them fight it out to see who's best. They're, they're like, we got money. Let's just bring in people that seem to have talent. It's like the squid game of second-tier uh, offensive right. players. 
Well, as our time is getting short, we want to save some time at the end for a big announcement uh, for Campus to Canton. It is a huge day. Uh, I am going to rapid fire through a few more of these signings and then throw it to you guys to highlight one or two that were of interest to you. Uh, so Washington Commanders gave a three-year extension to offensive coordinator Scott Turner, so he will be back for a few years. Buffalo Bills had a couple of signings today. Isaiah McKenzie, as long has been rumored, a uh, two-year deal to come back, and they got guard Ratcher Saffold, who was released by the Tennessee Titans. The Bears signed Larry Ogunjobi, the defensive tackle, three years, $40.5 million. J.C. Jackson leaving the Patriots and signing with the Chargers, five years, $82.5 million, uh, making moves on defense there. Mo Alley-Cox re-signs with the Colts, three years, $18 million. Will Disley re-signs with the Seahawks, three years, $24 million, because the Seahawks saw what the Browns did tagging Njoku to give them three tight ends and said, hold my beer, because they have Noah Fant and Gerald Everett already. And then Hassan Reddick signed three years, $45 million, new pass rusher for the Eagles. And Dennis's man, the myth, the legend, Braxton Berrios, a two-year, $12 million deal to return to the Jets. So I will kick it to you, Dennis. Which of these deals piques your interest? Well, if I'm in a league with return yardage, it's the Braxton Berrios deal. Um, no, just kidding. Look, from a football perspective, I, I like the Ogunjobi deal. I think putting him in the middle of a defense is always a good move. Scott Turner basically said, all right, if you want me to take on Wentz, you got to give me an extension so I can at least be here when we get a good quarterback. Uh, sorry, Carson. I, you know, it's just the way it's looked, man. Um, and, and as far as the tight ends go, Disley's the blocking tight end. He's a capable receiver, but he doesn't bring the athleticism that Everett or Fant do. He's going to play a different role. Um, let's see here. You know what? I'm going to go off the offensive side of things. J.C. Jackson to the Chargers only because they are loading up. They made the Khalil Mack trade. I know there was another move they made as well, and now they bring in uh, and are arguably the top cornerback on the market and one of the best in the league in J.C. Jackson. I mean, the Chargers are pushing all in to challenge for the AFC crown, and again, I think it just speaks to Denver brings over Russell Wilson last week. You know the Chiefs have got Patrick Mahomes, and they're still one of the best teams. Like That AFC West is going to be so much fun to watch for the next couple seasons. Yeah, somebody like Allen. I would say with Allen, Williams, Palmer, and Guyton, I think the Chargers push for maybe the one of the best top four wide receiver groups in the league. Yeah, somebody likened the AFC West to the SEC today because of all the signings and all the players kind of going over there. And it, yeah, I thought that J.C. Jackson one stood out to me. The Chargers are making some big moves to shore up the defense. I like that they kept Mike. Well, I don't like it as a Denver fan, but as a as a fan of the NFL and of Justin Herbert, I thought that was a, a good move, uh, keeping Mike Williams. Uh, another one on here that's interested me is Isaiah McKenzie. You talk about if you get return yardage. He's a pretty electric punt kickoff returner and we saw him getting involved and adding some speed in a different dimension to that offense i like gabe davis maybe getting more of a shot but i think part of the reason they were uh, okay with moving on from cole beasley is they like what they saw in mckenzie i'm curious to see kind of what he does there uh dennis a lot of moves a lot of players uh, swapping a lot of our assumptions about the draft are changing where can people go if they need to get advice as they try to dominate in their dynasty league you know, if you want to keep up with the changes and you want to see what's going on and make sure you stay ahead of the curve, you want to get the uh, uh, Dynasty GM from DynastyNerds.com. It's the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with MFL, Sleeper, Flea Flicker, and FFPC leagues. Use the league analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the trade calculator to put together league-winning deals. The player shares tracker to keep track of your roster ship. Get exclusive rankings and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for 15% off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerd Herd to save even more. 
Well, I'm sure by the time we reconvene on Friday, there will be uh, approximately 175 additional signings. Uh, this isn't even actually the first official day of the new league year, which is Wednesday when all this can become official. Still a lot of big names out there, but uh, for us, you know, we've been proud to have our podcast as part of the Campus to Canton Network great site that our friend here, Matt, uh, is a co-founder of, and it is a huge day for Campus to Canton. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we just uh, launched our new redesigned website, which we are very proud of. It was a lot of time in the making, as, as Felix, I believe, said on his video today. It's honestly thanks to all of you who subscribed to us. You guys, you know, believed in us and, and subscribed to us, and we were able to take that and reinvest it into the site, into our team. We've got a ton of other stuff coming. I mean, you know, I, I talked a little bit about it today on Twitter. Jarek's um, – Rankings and ADP tool, I think, is one of the coolest things that nobody else in the industry is doing where you can literally decide how you want to draft. You can change um, – immediately changes the ranks in ADP if you want to draft CFF heavy. You want to go Devi heavy. You just want to stick with our C2C ranks, and it changes the ranks to go based on the strategy you want to use on your teams. It's, it's extremely amazing. We've got a ton of other stuff coming out tonight. I don't want to say it because we are going live. Probably by the time you guys listen to this, we already have been live. You guys can go back to the YouTube channel and check it out. We're going to have a live show tonight with all of us on there for probably about 30, 45 minutes, just kind of explaining all the other stuff. We've got so many other things coming we don't want to announce yet that we're going to do tonight for the 2022 season. Just a, a big thank you to everybody who supported us. I mean, it's uh, it's been an insane year, and it's, it's been a lot of fun, and it's all because of you guys. So thank you very much. Yep, and if you haven't, head on over to campustocanton.com and make sure you get the NIL subscription uh, a lot of new subscription packages, but that's the one you want. That's the best one. You guys have anything else you want to add before we sign off for this Monday? Well, we did forget the weapon of all weapons in Jacksonville, Laquan Treadwell. Uh, he's a free agent, so unless they re-signed him today. Uh, I, I didn't – I mean, I've tried to block out the horror of the top of that uh, rookie draft when everybody said he was the can't-miss prospect i'm sure minnesota fans probably just turned us off and blocked us after bringing him back up what a way to end all right well uh -huh. we'll see you see on you. friday <laughs>